0: We expect a lot from our homes. They're more than a place to hang your hat. They're where you try your hand at gardening and new recipes, rest and recharge, work and play. And that's why at HomeAdvisor, we're committed to keeping your home up and running. Whether you need to repair an overloaded appliance or you're looking to create a backyard retreat worthy of a summer staycation, use the HomeAdvisor app day or night and we'll find a local pro to get the job done right. Whatever you need, we'll do everything to fix your everything. Download the Home Advisor app today to get started.
1: Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of When I Was Thirteen. When I was a six-year-old, the toys I usually played with were simple and never really had any educational value behind them. But recently, I got to know about a brand called Smartivity that makes fun DIY toys which have the fundamentals of STEM behind them. So, I got in touch with Tushar Amin, who is a co-founder of Smartivity. So, let's hop on into a time machine to meet Tushar in a little town called Khamgaon when he was 13. Hello, Tushar, and welcome to my podcast when I was 13, and thank you for your time so let's begin with a quick introduction of yourself in terms of what you do currently and what do you like to do when you have some free time to yourself
2: hey arushi my name is tushara amini thank you so much for having me on this uh, interesting and exciting Mm -hmm. initiative i am founder of a startup called smartivity labs Mm -hmm. we design toys for kids Uh, not Mm -hmm. just uh, ordinary toys we design what are called uh, STEM education construction toys.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Here the STEMS for science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So mm-hmm. what we do is we create these construction toys that are like uh, Lego. The difference is mm-hmm. that it's, uh, they are made out of wood. And uh, they are based fundamentally in a lot of combination of concepts from science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Oh. So the construction experiences, the usual, what you have with a construction toy, but mm-hmm. beyond that, uh, all other products kind of end up becoming static projects where mm-hmm. you can watch them and uh, imaginary the play comes into play. In mm-hmm. our case, they translate into uh, dynamic toys. So once you have assembled something, uh, yes. there is like a lot of mechanical action and all of that is based on very fundamental principles from mechanics, physics, uh, technology, science, mm-hmm. engineering. And uh, oh, during the gameplay, as you one player or two players plays with that particular toy or game that you built, all Mm -hmm. these concepts to understand the practical application of these concepts. So it's a very uh, exciting uh, kind Mm -hmm. of uh, job that we do Mm -hmm. and we are really proud of our creations. So that takes almost uh, like uh, two thirds of my day and Mm -hmm. uh, then apart from that, uh, my account is kind of from media and communication. I used to work... uh, the uh, across different media, print, uh, television, internet, and also as an author and as a film writer. Okay. So, whenever I have whatever time I have, I actually do the writing job, which is another fun thing to do. So, right. yeah, I have fun with
1: it. Oh, okay, that's interesting. So, let's hop on into a time machine and go back to the time when you were 13. So, what year was this when you were 13? Uh,
2: very long ago. That was 1989.
1: So, what town or city were you in when you were 13? So, my dad
2: uh, was in a transferable job with the government of Maharashtra. I'm a Maharashtra. I speak Marathi. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, he was uh, employed with the uh, Department of Water Supply in the Maharashtra government. Okay. So, it's a transferable job and we used to move every two or three years uh, depending on the circumstances. And, uh, in 1989, I was in this amazing Small now, it's a town. Back then, it was a little smaller than a town, but not a village. Like a place called Thangao. Mm-hmm. Okay, Thangao is in the eastern Maharashtra, uh, it's uh-huh. around uh, four or five uh, hours away from a place that you might know. It's from Nagpur, yes. Yeah. yeah, so it's five hours from Nagpur towards Bombay. Oh. Oh,
1: okay, I've been to Nagpur, my grandmother's there, so that's nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. How was time then and how is time now? Like, what's the difference that you've seen?
2: This is kind of an overwhelming question for anyone of my generation. I mm-hmm. think even around you, people my age. For us, what I am, we call the, the Orange light uh, generation. Okay. Uh, so, before us, uh, like, there was a lot of, there was kind of very less permeation of technology into society. Mm. And with you, it is oversaturated. So that, mm. like, or the red light and with you, it's a green light, and we are the orange light. We kind of were between these two generations, so mm-hmm. it was a completely different uh, world. To get. Mm. You must have heard people saying that if a small thing like today, do you want to talk to me? You have called me, right? Mm. And uh, to get to this particular juncture, we emailed a couple of times, and kind of that's how we connected. Yeah, uh, this entire process uh, was unimaginable that I could actually connect with a stranger and then actually talk to them yeah. at such a quick pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, uh, we didn't have television. I think television came into India in 82. Mm-hmm. Like in a mass scale. But my home, uh, we got television in around 87-88 uh, cats Okay. And uh, so for us, TV was one channel. Uh, mm. For us, uh, phones were basically calling up the operator and telling them who you want to talk to and she would then connect you to that particular number based on oh. how busy the lines are hmm. so it wasn't even that I told you that okay Arushi I want to talk to uh, my friend uh, just connect me uh, they hmm. would actually schedule these things okay uh, this is what you uh, can talk to uh, Arushi in Delhi we'll call you in four hours time and then you can actually talk to him oh so, okay yeah Technological tools that we have today uh, were mm. almost non-existent, mm-hmm. mm. but uh, that was balanced out by very lack of paranoia or for safety kind of what you are currently experiencing from your parents. We were never told not to do it. We had a lot of friends, we forever outdoors, like they were school, So you go to school for six, seven hours. And then after that time, I think most of the time it was bedtime, we were outside. Uh-huh. Oh, So for me personally, this was a very different experience because Khamga was a very small place. Mm-hmm. So you could actually walk from one end of that particular town mm-hmm. to the other end in 15 minutes. Right? So oh, And once you have walked those 15 minutes, it was kind of all fields and open hills and kind of place. Mm-hmm. So we spent a lot of time for today's stuff of books. Is something that we used to do. Like, we used to actually go with those uh, homemade nets and chase butterflies. Oh. We <laughs> uh, used to go and really touch, and that was really cool. But uh, that was one of the pastime that we could catch them and just hold wow. them and stuff like that. But no one was worried at all, and uh, we were forever outside. So, apart from, of course, the normal thing, but, uh, a lot of time was uh, spent playing games like cricket. Uh, mm-hmm. There was something not aware of this. Uh, something like uh, you used to pile up stones use a ball and then you break that pile.
0: and oh, the yeah.
2: uh, other team hits you with a ball till the time you've assembled that particular pipe.
0: Yeah.
2: so that's something that used to play a lot yeah. uh, but there were kind of uh, outdoor times uh, I, I don't see that happening in the because
0: yeah, of uh,
2: true. one is you have a lot of workload of your own um, uh, school is not just school you have classes and you are actually pursuing yeah. we we actually did not have those uh, opportunities. So we had to find our own engagement and
1: entertain. Uh, I mean, now we we can just switch on our TV or we can just, you know, grab our phone and just watch anything we want because technology has evolved a lot from when you were 13 and to now when I was 13. So uh, when I was doing research about you, I got to know that you were doing Smartivity, as you mentioned. So what made you start Smartivity? So before
2: starting Smartivity, I was, Kind of, I've had around uh, 18-19 years experience of experience working in the creative field mm-hmm. and uh, the last job that I was doing uh, was uh, heading a website like a gaming portal for kids that was kind of designed for kids for kids between 3 to uh, 7 to 8 years of age. So okay. the whole intention of that platform was to kind of create educational games. So kids have to play games on online. And if we add a little bit of component of education, like say, learn about uh, how to take the environment or how to learn good habits. So that was something that was working on. And uh, what I realized was that while well, everything and the content on that particular platform is really valuable and would be helpful to parents, yeah. a lot of parents have a very big resistance to allow their kids to spend more than necessary time on the uh, kids they don't want their kids to be forever stuck on computers, or computers. Yeah. So, and devices. Uh, and as we built this platform and we launched it, uh, this was the feedback we kept on getting. So with that in mind, we actually built in a, a timer in the particular game that we the platform that the kids cannot use this more than 15 minutes. Mm. After 15 minutes, the platform itself asked the kids to go out and uh, okay. even mm-hmm. then, parents were kind of uh, not latching on to this. Uh, okay. And uh, what we realized, like what I realized while I was building, is that most parents actually wanted to do something that is physical, like mm-hmm. that is some activity. Yeah. So, with that in mind, I end up approached the uh, management where I was heading the product uh, with this idea: "Okay, let's do something physical." Mm. But that was kind of directionally not what they wanted to be in business. You have to see that this is what our identity would be things, mm. and. Uh, the same time I went to a birthday party of one of my friends' daughters and uh, there I met one of the co-founders of Smartivity, Apoof, he was also there oh. and uh, we started talking about I am doing what he was doing kind of thing. and then when I realized that he's also interested in doing something new. Hmm. He was working as a consultant at the Deloitte, he is a consulting agency and okay. uh, so we kind of like talked about this because we were, we, I don't have kids and he is very young, like I'm now. Uh, he's now, mm-hmm. he's uh, uh, 23, so he was 5-6 year ago, he was 23, yeah. so we both didn't have kids, so basically when you don't have kids, you end up being treated like kids by kids around, because so then mm-hmm. you don't have okay. to sternness and scolding and all happening. So yeah. at that birthday party, uh, we were amongst the kids, so we were watching them, uh, what yeah. they are doing, and everything that they had, uh, They were like really expensive gifts that had come. And uh, every child actually just figured out how it works and abandoned it. Oh. So we started discussing as to why is this happening? Because in, when I was young, toys were a big deal. Like yeah. when we got it toy, we were kind of supposed to take care of it and play with it. for. Like It was expensive. Even if it's expensive, someone has gifted you something, so you have to value it. That mm. kind of philosophy was uh, But here, because there is so much abundance, mm. value of it was kind of, uh, child just kids are curious so once they figure out something they are bored with it because there is always something new around figure yeah. out so mm-hmm. we started discussing this observing this thing and then he went back okay. home I was uh, I used to live in Bombay uh, he was from Delhi so for this party I had gone to Delhi mm-hmm. and uh, he used to stay with his college mate Ashwini and mm-hmm. uh, they spoke about this and then uh, one of their friends used to be staying with him all the time though he had his parents there he used to be with them all the time. So mm-hmm. the of started talking about this. And then over the next three, four months, what happened was uh, we started kind of thinking of doing the series, and we designed certain things, uh, certain activities that we thought that because if you have something ready-made, uh,
0: mm-hmm. it's
2: not engaging the child immediately. So why yeah. not get kids make something themselves? Yeah. That was the thought process, and mm-hmm. with that we started something called Yugo Box. Mm. So the first thing that we did was these activity boxes that kids could buy, and they were something that kids had to build themselves, and then they can play with it. Yeah, this is something that we like created. We started approach uh, parents with uh, the box that we had mm. created, for students. and uh, we started getting feedback on the box. And mm. one of the and we got three or four of very important uh, inputs from parents. One of them said, "This is paper." Like what we were doing was paper, cloth, foam, all the craft and arts activities kind of. Yeah.
0: And
2: then it was like, uh, every parent was uh, also very cost-conscious. So they were like, this is something that I can actually wrestle up around my own home. Why should I buy something else? Yeah. Uh, it's not sturdy. Hmm. And uh, at our own end, uh, we are like all educated uh, in terms of uh, education. But, uh, Ashwini, Kaur and Rajat, they are from IIT Delhi. So they are engineers, oh, uh, I am uh-huh. also engineered engineer training what? and then I have done my post-graduation in media mm-hmm. and communication. Oh. So we were also kind of finding art and craft a little boring because mm. it's writing enough. Yeah. Uh, so we were uh, trying to create something complex and uh, that was not possible with paper or yeah. cardboard or sure. cloth. So we were experimenting with different types of material and uh, we came across wood that hmm. kind of fit into our kind of uh, design requirements. Mm-hmm. We thought that let's create something that is a little more expensive, but something that parents cannot create on there. Hmm. And uh, second thing was that parents said that, okay, this is all fun and really nice, but uh, what is my child learning? Hmm. In certain cultures, learning takes precedence over fun. Hmm. Uh, so India is one such place. So being yeah. kind of, got back to the drawing board and uh, Yoohoo Box as a name sounded fun. So, and that's the only thing that a parent going to see hmm. uh, when they decide to uh, get a box. So, we got back to the drawing board which said, okay, we'll use vote because parent doesn't have access to vote, they can But We create uh-huh. uh, something complex uh, so it's uh-huh. not easy, available easily online that you could just mm-hmm. download and, do. and we kind of changed the name itself so that, we started brainstorming as to what the need should, and then because kids, uh, parents want their kids to be smart, mm. uh, and we were building activities, we just merged these two words: smart and activity, mm. and smart activity. Ah, uh,
1: okay. So, so
2: that's the genesis of uh, smarting.
1: That's nice. So you basically started with U Box, which is like a subscription toy activity kit and right. that helped you to start smartivity so yes. as you mentioned earlier smartivity uh is toys based on the fundamentals of stem like as we go on into the future stem will evolve with like 3d printing right. and ai so how will the smartivity toys and games change to match the new technology
2: so for us like. Me and my professionals, STEM is not kind of particular technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we do is like STEM, like science, technology, engineering, mathematics.
0: Yeah. If huh.
2: you have a fundamental understanding of the principles of these fields, mm-hmm. and if you also have a fundamental approach to problem solving that is based on these fields, mm-hmm. uh, you may be a painter, but if you are taking an approach that is scientific to your art, you will be much more effective, you will be much more open-minded if you are an entrepreneur, when I mean, mm-hmm. you are not dealing with any technology anyway. But if you know that, okay, this is how I look at a problem, uh, this is how I analyze what is needed for a solution, and mm-hmm. this is how I approach uh, different options in the solution, what to select, if I have select solutions to a problem, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. which is suited for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. So STEM fields actually give you the ground and understanding approach to your life. It is mm-hmm. nothing to do with technology or uh, mechanism or anything. Playing with these particular toys, our intent is to introduce kids to, one, the fact that play is very powerful. So, how of play itself? If you play anything, if you make it playful, you learn it quickly. Sure. Uh, yeah. you, you understand uh, things deeper, in a deeper way. And uh, in terms of specifically for kids, if it is introduced through play, the uh, retention is long. Hmm. Like, you study for an exam, you cram something, you give the exam, you score a really good marks. Well, but then you that, yeah. But if you have played with something, or uh, that memory that is imprinted as how mechanisms work or what you have learned, uh, remains for a longer time. Hmm. So, that is the power of any something that uh, our whole approach is based on. Second is that if you look at how technology has evolved, hmm. uh, what happens is we were monkeys, all of us. We yeah. found that a sharp stone uh, that can be hit against another stone, and there is a spark happening, and that spark yeah. can be used to create fire, or that yeah. sharp edge can be used to hunt animals. Mm-hmm. So, no matter how complex a technology, fire is a very complex technology, mm-hmm. but the fact that something analog had to be done to kind of result in something that is high technology tool. Uh, you you need to understand the basics of an analog mechanism Mm. so the genesis of any technological innovation if you look at uh, say 3D printer is a replication of how actually say if you look at a 3D model of a particular say sculpture it is replicated in anything everything that was sculpted with a stone and a chisel Mm. so if you know how a stone and a chisel can result in a particular sculpture you can use technology that you have at hand to create a sculpture. So technology is just a tool and chances are that if you know how stone can be chiseled into a sculpture, Mm. you will, if you have the right mental approach, you will actually find out an easier, cheaper, better way to do it because you know what needs to be done. So with our creations of products, what we intend to do is Introduce kids to the fundamental first principles of science, technology, and math. Hmm. These are tools that they will have. When today we are talking about, say, you asked me about 3D printing and AI. Hmm. When I was a kid, even computer was not in the farthest of my imagination. Uh, As you have grown over your own 13 years, Arush, there were certain things like internet you did not know at 6 years of age. Yeah, but at eight years, you were in the middle of it and you were managing everything your journey mm-hmm. So today we don't know what tomorrow's whoever is six years today, we don't know what twelve years when they are twelve years, what is going to be there. Mm-hmm. But when you say something, simple as you know how to count numbers or type in uh, letters, yeah. uh, you could manage internet, grasp it, use it to your benefit. Right. And mm-hmm. today we actually created a fourth which is your creation using technology we are intending there is a lot of promise that STEM holds what we need to do is prepare minds younger minds to adapt to this changing technological scenario Mm. so that is the second thing and third thing that we actually look at from our voice is that uh, we believe that every child has the potential to be a maker a lot of our generation has been consumer. Like there is internet, we never created internet, but we are consuming internet. Hmm. So we end up kind of either paying for certain things or sharing our personal details so that we can use something for free. Yeah. Uh, but we have very few Marxist or Bill Gates kind of uh, makers, created stuff. Uh, hmm. That we do this kind of because of our social structure, where a lot of intellectual effort is appreciated that if you write yeah. a book, you will be actually regarded with yourself. But if you sure. are uh, making a table, you will be considered a carpenter. Hmm. So, hmm. making has always been enough, uh, regarded as someone else's job. Hmm. Uh, with art, what they saying, is that first six-year-old, and if you create something by assembling say eight or ten pieces, hmm. uh, the fact that you have made something gives you the confidence to take on something that is twenty pieces,
0: yeah. and the
2: uh, Hundred pieces, four hundred pieces, and maybe tomorrow you we'll just see what tools are around you and try to make something. Yeah. So you kind of are kind of uh, not focusing on what technological changes will come in the future. We're focusing on making sure that kids are prepared to make the maximum use of what is there and create something.
0: Wow. So, okay. So that's the opportunity. Yeah.
2: yeah, so 3D printing AI is today's school technology. For two years, then there will be some other cool technology and mm. what we are doing is set more than expecting kids to use them, we use 3D printing to create prototypes of hot uh, So that's how we are using this.
1: That's nice. That's interesting also. So when I was a six-year-old, my toys mm-hmm. would just be dolls or like some cars or like some small Lego building toys. Not much of, you know, thinking was required. So I'm pretty sure when you were sh- a six-year-old, you would also have pretty basic toys, so not something which would like relate to STEM. So if you had smartivity when you were a child, how would you deal with it? And like, what would you want to have then from a smartivity toy? So for the, so the first part of the question, uh,
2: the only toy I had was a set of uh, building blocks. They were not even Lego. They were ripoffs, kind of, thing. and my mm-hmm. uh, like, whenever I was going with friends or kind of uh, studying, the uh, only thing I used to do was create these uh, weird shaped constructions, and then I used mm-hmm. to put some sugar in it, and uh, mm-hmm. then and I used to wash the ants. What so they are doing? It. So that was mm-hmm. my past time. Uh, so talented, but if I had smart back then, uh, one is that. I was not conditioned to make things in that sense. I think that uh, if that was there, I would have learned some other craft as well. And uh, right now I use craft as a writer, but if I mm-hmm. had uh, the ability to do something with my hands, I would have kind of uh, become a better creator in terms mm-hmm. of a more wider thing. Yeah. and I would have sort of more challenged to Products like in terms of okay. you would have made more challenging, more complex mechanisms and fun mechanisms.
1: Oh, okay, that's interesting. So, uh, as you mentioned earlier, uh, you write also. And when you were thirteen, did you like to write or read, or what would you read when you were thirteen, which you know made you want to write?
2: Well, I was a voracious reader, and uh, so we had a really small library. In, in Canada, uh, which mm-hmm. was fortunately for me very well-stocked, like, mm. uh, despite being such a back of the globe, uh, they had uh, all sorts of collections, like, say, Hardy Boys or Annie Clayton, uh, mm-hmm. which I used to, like, finish off in a day or so. But my, my most favourite uh, reading part of was to read comics. Mm-hmm. So, and in India, that was kind of a peak comic uh, culture kind of uh, period. So there were a lot of options in comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, despite being a back of the long town, uh, they had one of my favorite till day today, even if I come across something today, like really lunch for it is uh, Tintin is my favorite. Like It's yeah. uh, kind of my uh, role model, idol, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then, uh, back then, there were also certain uh, exposure of Hindi comic books back then. Okay. And, uh, and I uh, come from a kind of area. So mm-hmm. for me, comics became the course for learning various language. I know Hindi, I am very proficient in Hindi because mm-hmm. I read those comic books. Uh, oh. I know a lot about the world, uh, because I read comic books from across the world. So yeah. it took you to every uh, new like, imaginary country, but still countries. Mm-hmm. And uh, Asterix, actually give you a background of history, geography. You know, so a lot of knowledge came from comic books, books.
1: Yeah. That people, was our interview. People still read Tintin and all. Like I got to know about Tintin from my dad and my friends also got to know about Tintin from their parents. So comic books will stay for a longer time and they are actually passed from generation to generation. So as you mentioned, Tintin was also one of your idols when you were 13. Did you have any other idol when you were 13 that, you know, inspired you to, you know, be what you are today?
2: Honestly, we really weren't sure enough to like look at uh, role models or uh, icons to model ourselves. We didn't have, like for me at least, a lot of things that were from the business world. Like we didn't, uh, I didn't have uh, exposure to some like Bill Gates who was doing really good work then. Scientists mm-hmm. or techni- technologists. Mm-hmm. So for me, actually, these characters, they became my, became my, I I actually mm-hmm. studied journalism because of that one influence that you didn't know the journalist guys. So mm-hmm. it lasted a long time and it uh, yeah. led me to take some decisions that affected my life mm-hmm.
1: That's right. I mean, right now, for me, also a lot of characters from books or movies like superhero movies or any other movie, they also, you know, like inspire you sometimes, to, you know, do what you want to do. So yeah, I can relate to that. (laughs) So we have reached to the end of our podcast. And the last question I ask every episode is that what advice do you have for me and all the others listening to this show? At 13, I was in 9th or 10th standard I think. And Mm. there was a lot of stress on passing
2: exams and scoring high. Our generation actually gave into that and I did whatever it took to actually score the highest marks and get into the best of education systems. Yep. But today, you have a lot of options yep. and uh, there is a lot like of When we were kids, uh, there were not so many people as now chasing the same mm. things. My only advice would be to not take pressure of education for granted. Like don't give up on education but mm-hmm. there is a life beyond a formal education True. and uh, that pressure shouldn't each, each of you has so many opportunities and avenues right? to explore things that are intuitionistic and different and creative and also paying because security and profession and all come into play where you have to earn your living once you're out in the world. There are a zillion ways where you can actually earn a living and for that you should not take exam stress. Try to take the stress of actually enjoying this mode yeah. that you are in. Have fun, have good friends, experience yeah. things that are kind of uh, current experiences that will shape you in the future. I, I would just uh, advise that bit.
1: Right now, a lot of people are starting their own business. Like you also started Smartivity, which is, you know, like pretty interesting and amazing because you're starting everything from the ground and up and making such a big company. And, you know, this idea of creating toys with the fundamentals of STEM so that kids can actually learn something is something very interesting and amazing. So thank you so much for your time to be on my show.
2: Thank you, Arusha.
1: So that brings us to the end of yet another episode of When I Was 13. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I did putting it together. For me, at 13, meeting people and getting to know their world when they were 13 opens up a world that I will possibly never get to know otherwise. Do not forget to subscribe to this podcast on your Android or iPhone. And yes, I am on Instagram. And you can follow me on when underscore I underscore what. 13. Catch you soon with yet another interesting conversation on when I was 13.